and welcome to episode 207 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm Weishan, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by my favorite co-host, Dan. Oh, oops, I'm sorry, Tony. Tony, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Tony? I'm, pre- I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty tired, Weishan. Why is that? Ah, uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, pretty run down right now. Haven't been getting much sleep uh, lately. Yeah, so uh, just feeling it right now. Okay, Start why haven't you been? The... Why haven't you been uh, getting much sleep at all? Uh, well, uh, it, it, I gotta imagine it's, it's probably just uh, probably a little bit of stress. I've just been waking up early because there's a lot of things to get done. That's, so, just Shen knows obviously, but uh, we we are going to be producing an August issue of Waters Technology. Um, some people might have noticed that back in March when, so we, we published the March issue, but then uh, once everything started to get locked down, it didn't make any sense for us to produce a hardcover magazine or a B2B publication. So most, you know, it's, it's $4,000 for a subscription. Um, so most of our uh, magazines go to, to offices. Um, and so it just didn't make sense to be, you know, the expense of it, you know, the, the printing presses were also uh, locked down and then also just having it. But, you know, there was a little bit of a slip up uh, on our end and I didn't know and it uh, let us know that we were going to be producing an August issue. So I was told uh, the last minute being like, hey, tell me, speaking of August, how's the uh, August issue coming? Like, um, excuse me? <laughs> 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 so in a matter of a week, I had to put together an issue. But for those who are subscribers, uh, you'll be uh, happy to know that uh, in the mail, in the middle of August, so we're shipping on Friday, um, we're going to send out the August issue. Um, it's actually a really good issue. Um, yeah, we, we've been writing a lot of trend pieces, real lot of deep dive analytical pieces around the coronavirus. So this is kind of like all those wrapped up together, um, some interesting cases on how uh, some of the larger banks handled uh, the coronavirus and the cover is absolutely I'm, I'm just I'm excited to see the actual hardcover issue you know even if you hate the uh, the articles guys you got to go pick this thing up <laughs> just because the cover is exquisite uh, taken uh, by uh, one of our regular photographers uh, Timothy Fadek uh, an incredibly talented photographer who's done a lot of work um during the coronavirus um uh, stuff's been in time uh magazine uh, the, the, uh for the coronavirus his protests he's done a lot of protest um photos as well so yeah really really good stuff the the cover i'm i'm super excited about that so anyway um it's all to say that that issue will be focused on coronavirus and actually uh i guess maybe to kick off our our conversation um one of the stories in the issue is Josephine's look at vaccine uh, data um, or kind of like, because uh, maybe you, uh, I'm a little bit tired, but you can explain a little better. But basically, Josephine wrote about um, there are all these uh, companies that are searching for a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. And whoever is the one that wins that race is gonna make a lot of fucking money. Like it's gonna be ridiculous amount of money, and uh, you know, and also potentially win a Nobel Prize and stuff like that. So, 
there are a lot of investors that are going to be interested. And I know you've done a little bit of research because you found this article to be very, very interesting. So uh, for you, I know you did some research around some of the companies that are chasing after this. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so Joe's story is about vaccine tracking data, uh, which is the, the next big alternative data set. I mean, we cover a lot of uh, alt data sets at Waters Technology, right? But uh, I think this is the first set. Uh, first time we're covering like vaccine tracking data. That's yes. It's, I've been here ten years and I've <laughs> never once, as in all, we cover a lot of alternative data. We've never once done anything on vaccine tracking data. <laughs> so it's it's pretty pretty interesting how these could provide signals to uh, you know just tracking tracking how. Uh, basically healthcare and pharmaceutical data and the signals that that could provide to asset managers in terms of maybe making investment decisions on you know what healthcare or pharmaceutical companies they should invest in uh, mm -hmm. if they have uh, you know if they are listed um, but one one thing that I would like to point out here is that uh, and it's an article by the New York Times that was just updated um, August 5th so there are currently about 140 plus vaccines that are not yet in human trials, so at the preclinical stage. And these they are like labeled from preclinical, phase one, phase two, phase three, up to approval. Right now there's only one vaccine approved for limited use. Um, and that is interesting because um, you know it depends on like the regulators in each country that they have to review the trial results and decide whether or not to approve the vaccine or not. So, um, and then obviously once once we get to that stage, it's it's a there's a a lot of other things, a lot of other steps that you need you need to go through. A vaccine needs to go through before it actually is um, distributed, uh, mm -hmm. countrywide, region wide, worldwide. Um, you know and. So there's one now, uh, and and if if uh, anybody invests in that company, they they would be earning huge bucks if if things do kick off. But at the same time, I do know, and I have a few friends in epidemiology, <laughs> and they say that it finding the That's vaccine the is not really. Even, um, What's epidemiology? That's oh skin gosh. stuff. No. Epidermis. Epidemiology. I'm going to quickly look it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's a branch of medicine which deals with the incidence, distribution, and possible control of diseases and other factors relating to health. Oh, so, man, I'm an idiot. coronavirus is definitely something that epidemiologists would be uh, working on. Sorry, I thanks to dictionary.com. Um, uh, <laughs> so, so the the problem that uh, a lot of these companies producing or researching some of these vaccines would run into is mainly on the production side. There would be uh, bottlenecks that uh, firms would have to face uh, if, if they do find a true and working vaccine that's scalable. Mm -hmm. So just finding a vaccine is not enough. You have to prove that uh, you, can, you can produce. <laughs> you produce it. And that you aren't just uh, going to be giving people cancer down the road. It's just going to kill them a little bit later. And yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, I, Not... I found I found that this story actually was it's really interesting because I I found there was so many similarities with your geolocation story that you put out a a, a while ago. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, you know, even before that, like the one thing that that was also interesting about this, and the reason why. 
this field of alternative data, I think, is going to become much more popular amongst hedge funds is advancements in NLP technology and the ability to read sentiment and stuff like that has improved immense uh, immensely over the over the last three years. And so I can't remember one of the names of the company, but basically they use NLP um, and sentiment analysis to they, they kind of curate a list of doctors, pharmacies, all these kind of where you know um, medical companies, big pharma companies, research channels, all this, and then create sentiment scores around these companies that are trying to produce vaccines. And you know that's something that would have been a lot more difficult. It would have required a lot more manual labor just a handful of years ago. Um, but now that's becoming you know more readily um, uh, commoditized or commercialized, whatever the hell that word is. I'm sorry, I'm very, very tired. Uh, <laughs> but so I thought that was really interesting. And I think that you know this is once once you know firms realize the value of this data and just you know big pharma is just so it's 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 opaque and it's so interesting and there's probably a lot of interesting insights that can be gleaned from this information now that probably would have been much more difficult to to dig up in the past uh with just you know a handful of human analysts and then yeah on the um the kind of geolocation data so that's so this story on the vaccine is about NLP technology and being able to dig through documents, dig through sentiment, stuff like that. Um, geolocation data, so keeping it in kind of the healthcare community and healthcare data. Uh, you have companies like uh, UBS Evidence Lab, um, Lazard uh, Asset Management is big in this space. Um, using geolocation uh, data to monitor uh foot traffic in and out of hospitals so hospitals took an absolute beating it was like a weird thing you would think global pandemic this has got to be fantastic for hospitals right no (laughs) all those elective surgeries out the window all those very expensive elective surgeries out the window um all the elderly people coming in for their health care checkups for heart you know my brother um he works in uh, the cardiovascular um, as uh, a, a phlebotomist, I guess is the name of it, right? Um, at what? A, a blood work person. I don't know. <laughs> so he does autopsies. So he, he's Putnam County uh, Medical's uh, autopsy, one of their autopsy people. And then he's, I think it's called a phlebotomist, where he take blood from people and just, like it's a nurse, but he's not an RN kind of a nurse, right? He doesn't have any medical degree in that. He just stabs people, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, so he was furloughed because no one was going into cardiology. You know, even though hospitals need body and stuff like that, the people in cardiology, there was nothing that they could really do. So they got furloughed for a while. And, you know, from a municipal bonds uh, perspective, munis- uh, muni investor perspective, you know, hospital is such a key part of a local community. If that stumbles and falls apart, there are a lot of jobs at stake there, and that has ripple effects. You know, then those people are saving. You know, my brother gets furloughed; he's not spending money on you know X Y Z. No, so they're all back now working. Everything's getting back to normal. But so it was, it was you know a story I wrote that was really interesting about how 
using mobile phone devices, a lot of companies that, you know, using this tracking software on apps and stuff like that, you know, monitoring who's going into hospitals, which section of the hospitals are they going into? Um, you know, is it intensive care? Um, how many people are staying there for longer periods of time? And you get, and they got to really see the buildup of um, the coronavirus. And then kind of the the steady everything's getting back to, you know, New York, you know, everything's getting back to normal. But obviously around the country, you know, uh, there are states that are and towns that are going through what New York City and the rest of New York went through earlier. So just really, really interesting to see how these new technologies and, you know, the ability of a, sa- a cell phone, you know, back, you know, satellite imagery was such a, a raw tool to monitor foot traffic with your cell phone and the app data that it has on it it's just improving constantly and their ability to track you huge privacy issues here yeah um whenever you talk to these uh vendors uh that are in the space they're always like so anyway we all have permission to use this data and everything (laughs) like that but fact of the matter is a lot of people are giving up their permission without really realizing what Mm -hmm. their positional data their app usage data is going toward um, right. and as we get into more privacy issues in the future, that will become something that will really have to be addressed by lawmakers, um, both here and then, you know, because out in Hong Kong, am I correct that people had to download an app for contact tracing purposes? People had to download an app or something um, like that. That that's only if you were coming into the country. Mm. So you would have gotcha. to download an app, have your Bluetooth on it. So the government, so the those people that are working um, to It's like an ankle monitor for house yeah. arrest, man. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much. Like they give you a bracelet that you can, yeah, that you, you're supposed to not take off for like 14 days. Uh, so they can see where you're moving, basically. And your Bluetooth has to be on all the time that's connected to this device. But anyway, just curious, do you have your location data turned on, like in on your phone? I think I, I yeah, yes. Mm. So like when you download a new app, a lot of times it, they will uh, a notification will pop up and say, do you want your your location yeah, yeah. data on all the time, while or only yeah. while this app is in use, or not at all? And I always go through and I do change those settings, but even then I'm not good at you know I I probably there's I probably could be much better at my security, but yeah, sorry what you said. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm just curious if as as more people get uh, become aware. Uh, earlier, you said that uh, the thing is they don't realize people like like us, right, or uh, other people around the street. Like, they don't they don't realize that they're actually giving up their location data. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, um, and just because you download these game apps and stuff like that, you just don't realize like some of like some <laughs> of the better apps. Yeah, they're they're telling you, do you really want this? Some of these apps are shady as as, as anything. I mean, maybe just looking at one of the the games that became really popular in the past few years, which was Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that created quite a few problems, right? I think you you can actually see who's who's nearby, uh, or yeah, I think you can, yeah. And mm-hmm. as a result, I think there were quite a few. I read a couple of stories about maybe some like uh, robberies that happened uh, to people on the app. Um, yeah, but the thing is, like, to play those games, you definitely need to have your location data turned on because it sure. relies on it relies on what's around you, and when you want to go and you know 
collect um <laughs> collect Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the kids do. <laughs> um yeah, you have to have that location data turned on. So I I wonder in the future as as privacy becomes more of a concern, would people be willing would would they still be willing to share their data? Or would they opt to not have it on at all? You know, even let's say, even on your camera, right? You have location data turned on. So, like, let's say, um, I can I can go on my uh, my my photo gallery app and I can see where I have been. So, where I've taken pictures. Are they from New York? Are they in Malaysia? Are they in Hong Kong, Singapore, or wherever? Mm-hmm. And specific places in New York, let's say, oh, Brooklyn, oh, Manhattan, downtown Manhattan, whatever, you know. Sure. So if I don't have my location data turned on, I wouldn't have that data. I wouldn't know, like, my, my the, the phone wouldn't know where these photos were taken. So I'm wondering, yeah, yeah, in theory, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wonder if, how would it work for all uh, the companies that are providing these uh, these location data or geolocation. Well, they all have con- they all have contracts and stuff like that. That you know, so there are it is well monitored. But the thing is, I just don't. It's an educational thing, right? It's people aren't educated enough. I'm not educated enough to know how my personal data, how I'm giving away personal information, and how that personal information is being used now. Because I use Instagram or something like that, I I'm freely willing to kind of give away, you know, some semblance of, of privacy, right? Mm. But it does become worrisome when we start talking about stuff that's connected to medical um, issues. Them yep. knowing that I'm in a hospital, you know. Where are those lines where you can say, yeah, my my apps are telling me that, yeah, I'm somewhere in a hospital. They can triangulate that and pinpoint me at Putnam County or, you know, uh, Beth Israel down here or something like that. But, you know, that that's where I think that these really concerning gray areas uh, come into play. And as healthcare data, you know, even when we find a vaccine, you know, there's plenty of um, epidemiologists or whatever that uh, that say that, you know, pandemics are becoming more um, frequent uh, because people more easily move around um, and people are of dense, dense uh, population density. So those are the big concerns that I have around just kind of, you know, HIPAA rules and, you know, kind of my right to privacy as far as my health is concerned um, and these guys tracking my information to go sell to a hedge fund. There's a bit of a dirtiness about that during a pandemic. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's legal. There's not nobody doing anything wrong. So God bless you. Make the money you can make. But it is something that I think will be considered uh, by regulars in the future. Yeah. Well, speaking of monitoring healthcare data as well, I mean, that, Location is one thing, but uh, many of us use a uh, fitness tracker mm-hmm. nowadays. So like, even if you have an which Apple have been used tracker. to solve crimes, which that's yeah, that's messed up a little bit, you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, there was there's there's the issue of like reporting to insurance companies, you know, um, and like they can 
they have they basically have access to your data, right? And then you, they can immediately say, okay, whatever um, this your fitness tracker has has told us, you only can you're only eligible for this amount of like insurance premium or whatever. Okay. So that's how long that's until employers force you to use a fitness tracker, stuff like that. There are people being embedded with chips. Now we start going down the crazy path, but that crazy path isn't that crazy and it won't be that crazy in the future. Like, of uh, you know, it's kind of like in New York. So one of the things is like, okay, universal healthcare. Um, would you be willing to sacrifice in the future? You know, as universal healthcare becomes more and more expensive in a country, the size of the United States, would you be willing to, be like, all right, we're going to actually make sure that you have to monitor, you know, because we can't have you smoking three packs a day and all that, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that in the future, um, governments as technology can monitor your health better and better and you use it to better yourself. I'm going to get my 10,000 steps in today because my Fitbit, you know, it's on and I got that my 10,000 steps in. Well, I, I don't think it's insane to think that there won't come a time in certain countries and then eventually here in the U.S. when government entities could be like, we kind of expect you now to be, or if you want these benefits, you don't have to wear it, but if you want these benefits, this good shit over here, <laughs> you're going to need to wear this uh, device. I don't know. That That's me kind of probably going down to Joe Rogan uh, conspiracy theory uh, thing there, and this isn't that kind of podcast, I guess, but yeah. We could very easily go down that rabbit hole. I mean, it's very Black Mirror-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that, we'll save that for another episode because that would that would be... That's going to be a long one, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm already delirious, so you don't want me talking about delirious things. So. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> that. Yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll save it for next week then. <laughs> but pick up pick up the August issue of Waters. Beautiful, beautiful cover. Yep. Very excited about that. And then inside, truly, I, I listen. I I'm, I know I'm the editor of this publication and everything like that. But I think that our coverage of some of the long term trends that could come out of this and getting really high level senior people to talk to us about what those trends are going to be potentially. Um, I think we've. This is going to be a one-stop shop for you. Every like none of these stories overlap. Like each one is distinctive. Um, so I think it's going to be if you've missed some of our coverage, or if you don't have a subscription, you can get your hands on the magazine itself. Um, this will be a very good one for you. Yep. Okay. Well, till next week then. Wow, you really did a great job <laughs> nailing the dismount right there. I mean, just <laughs> Carrie Strug. Tens across the board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. By the way. <laughs> there, there, it was also an earlier because just to let everybody, yeah, most of you probably already signed off, but this is funny. So uh, this week I, I've been um, editing uh, the last two weeks. I've been editing the uh, podcasts uh, to put up online this week uh, because I I'm shipping the issue on Friday. Shen graciously, she's a, absolutely fantastic uh not just a great friend but a, a truly an exemplary uh, employee employee exemplar employee however the <laughs> you say that but this is the thing so i was gonna I, I was coming up on where i knew i was gonna swear and i was like 
should I edit this out? Shen was just so nice to be like, I'll do the editing, but that means that she's got to listen for the bleeps and then mark down where the bleeps are. And then I said to myself, eh, no, f- it. I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> oh, and you did it again. I actually That's wanted to tell you off earlier. Oh, no, I could see it on your face. I could see it on your face that you were pissed about this, but I was like, ah, eh, no, we're going to do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this had me it made me giggle to myself while I saw your face being like and I saw you like look down and write down like what time it was and stuff like that. So yeah, it was like that was good. That's what you get for nailing the dismount on uh on the end of the podcast. So there. Fine, fair enough. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Till next week. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye.